Well, whether it's the, uh, the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, or the Wizard of Oz, or the Matrix, this idea of a world that exists beyond our reality is, a, is kind of a curious idea, right? One that tickles our imagination. One that is entertaining. But it's also one that we don't quite often think about because it's not part of, or we don't think of it as being part of our reality. <clears throat> but, but when the second person of the Trinity, the triune God, the Messiah, the incarnate Jesus Christ of Nazareth, pierced through the envelope of our reality, pierced through into our world from another world. His words were replete with thoughts about a kingdom that was not the kingdoms that we knew here on earth. A kingdom that existed outside of our time-space continuum. Jesus, Matthew records, spoke often about the kingdom of heaven. We read in Matthew 4, very early on in, in Matthew's description of the life of Christ, we read these words. From that time on, Jesus began to preach. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Matthew and Luke and John and Mark, they wrote down the words of Jesus. And we find that as Jesus spoke about this alternate kingdom. He called it not just the kingdom of heaven, but he called it the kingdom of God. He called it my kingdom. And when he talked about his father in heaven, he said, it's, it's his kingdom. And when he talked about, <laughs> or spoke to his father in heaven, he said, your kingdom. So today I want us to take a look at this idea of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, that Jesus spoke so much about. In fact, most of his sermons were about this kingdom that was outside of our reality. The first thing we need to say about it, obviously, and the point's already really been made when you look at how uh, Jesus described it, the kingdom is God's. But people often struggle with this concept of the Trinity, God being triune, but Jesus had absolutely no problem with it. 
And so he had no problem saying to his father, your kingdom come. And then in the same hand, same breath, he talked about my kingdom. As though they were interchangeable. And so the fact, you know, people, it kind of bothers me, to be quite frank, because I hear this a lot, well, Jesus never claimed to be God. Such nonsense. <laughs> he, he, he did. He referred to God's kingdom as his God, as his kingdom. One in the same. And so the kingdom is God's kingdom. The next thing that I want us to think about uh, is the fact that Jesus said that the kingdom was created for our eternity. <laughs> That's interesting, isn't it? Maybe you've never thought of the kingdom of God being created for you. When Jesus was speaking of the end times, he gave this picture of the king, God, sitting on a throne and, and separating the sheep and the goats. And to the sheep, the faithful ones, the ones who had given their lives to God. He says, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. And we need to understand this. There is a distinction between the kingdom of God and God. Okay? Because the kingdom of God that Jesus talks about had a beginning. It was part of the creation process. That passage says it as much. It was part of that process. God pre-existed everything. But it was him. <laughs> and then at creation, he created our reality. But he also created another reality, his kingdom, which he prepared in advance for you. Do you feel a little special about that? Do you know that he, you were on his heart at creation? And that, remember Jesus' words, I'm going to prepare a place for you, right? And we see here that the kingdom has been prepared for you since the creation of the world. He said that to the sheep, those who have been faithful, enter in to that kingdom. So there's a distinction between God's kingdom and God. God has eternally existed. I just love just thinking about that. <laughs> Not that it makes me feel like I understand it, but it just makes me think that God is so awesome. This is what the psalmist in Psalm 90 writes about that very thing. I, I don't have a slide for this, but just listen. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You see, God is outside of our time-space continuum. But the kingdom of God that he has created, he created with us in mind. I like that. 
That makes me feel special. That the God of the universe exceeds the universe, but he thought of us. And he thought of not just us in our lives here, but our eternal lives. And so the kingdom was created for our eternity. So we know that it's God's kingdom, and we know that it was created for those he created for us. Jesus also said about his kingdom that the kingdom is not of, his, of this world. Do you remember when Pilate was given the dubious task of putting Jesus, a perfect man, on trial? How did that even, how was that even set up? How was that discourse framed? The Jewish leaders went to Pilate and said, this guy's a threat to you. Piqued his interest. <laughs> he doesn't want competition, especially in a foreign land. So Pilate agreed to see him. But this is what they kept saying. He's, he's trying to build a kingdom. He's, he's of a different kingdom. He wants, he wants to overthrow you. And so Pilate, okay, this is maybe more than just a, you know, inner family feud that's going. This might have ramifications for me. I'll talk to Jesus. And so one of the first things Pilate asks is, are you the king of the Jews? In other words, are you a king who is a threat to me? And Jesus said this. My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would, would fight to prevent my arrest from the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. What another place. My kingdom is from another place. If we study the words of, of Jesus as we are doing in this series, Red Letter Jesus, you're going to find out how incredibly opposite his kingdom is to the kingdoms of this world. One of which Pilate ruled over. How absolutely different they were. So the kingdom that Jesus taught about belonged to God. It was created with us in mind and for our eternity. It was not of this world. But fourthly, and this is so cool, <laughs> Jesus initiated the infusion into and the ultimate transition to this kingdom into the history of humanity. Jesus spearheaded this alternate kingdom and its infusion into its infusion into our world. Did you know that King Nebuchadnezzar, you know the guy, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, bad guy, Daniel, 
lion's den, that guy, Nebuchadnezzar. Do you know that, that ultimately, at least at some point, he humbled himself before God? And he said some pretty awesome things about God, the one true God, after he was humbled by God. <laughs> he was humiliated by God. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar says this in Daniel 4, his dominion, speaking of the one true God, is an eternal dominion his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of earth. This passage, the reason I bring this passage up is, here is a pagan king some 500 years before Jesus even shows up. Almost 600 years before Jesus shows up. And he's saying that there is a kingdom that exists outside of our reality. And that it translates, it goes through every generation, from generation to generation. Now, in this point, I'm talking about the fact that Jesus initiated the infusion of that kingdom into our world. But I want us to know that it existed at creation and before Christ. Jesus said these words. The time has come, Mark 1.15. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. In other words, with Christ's coming, the kingdom came near or broke through into our world, our reality. Have you ever heard the expression, he's got a foot in two worlds? <laughs> in a sense, that's Jesus. He was in our world but he was also in his kingdom, right? Jesus, the incarnate God, had his foot in both worlds. The world he created, which is our reality, and the kingdom that was prepared for us from the beginning, from creation. And you see, just as Dorothy got blown into Oz, and just as Lucy stepped through the wardrobe into Narnia, and just as Neo entered the matrix by popping a pill, Jesus intentionally entered our world, don't be offended, but literally through Mary's birth canal. And the reality is much more profound because with and through Jesus, the kingdom began to flow into the created world. Because Jesus, God, broke through. And it started something. It started this phenomenon of the kingdom of God being realized in our kingdom, in our reality. And so that the kingdom of come, the kingdom of God has come near. But he also says 
In Luke eleven twenty, he was being accused of being Satan. <laughs> Poor Jesus. He's being, uh, he's being accused of being Beelzebub. Anyways, and he's arguing with, with the leaders of the Jews. And he says, if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the finger, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So he, he literally was saying that the kingdom of God has come with me into your world, into your reality. I believe that this is what um, Jesus meant when he said in Luke twenty two fifteen. I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, for I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. I'm going to eat this stuff again, but not after I die and rise again, and the kingdom of God is going to start to burst forth in your world. I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Jesus coming, dying, rising again, created a beachhead, if you will, from which, from which two kingdoms start to exist in almost plain sight. Our reality and the kingdom of God. Who here has not been in a place or at a time felt that you were in the kingdom of God? <laughs> right there, right then. Well, that is possible because Jesus Christ died and rose again, and therefore the kingdom of God has infused, has pierced the envelope of our reality, broken in, and the kingdom of God is growing and is being built here, there, everywhere. Mark 9, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God has come with power. We, we can get so discouraged in this really screwed up world in which we live. We can get overwhelmed by the darkness, by the evil, by the corruption. But don't ever assume that God's kingdom is not being built. Jesus initiated the kingdom of God on earth and it is growing and it will continue to grow until it has reached fruition. And at just the right time, he'll return to claim his kingdom, to rule over his kingdom. And that's the last point. The kingdom will ultimately replace this world. John had a vision. We know it as the book of Revolution, Revelation. Revolution. <laughs> book of Revelation. It speaks of the end times. The end of this world. And after Satan and his minions have finally 
been defeated and enslaved for eternity. We read in Revelations chapter 11, verse 15, the declaration of an angel. The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord. And the Messiah, his Messiah, will reign forever and ever. The infusion begins with Jesus. It grows and grows and grows, is growing even today in our world. And ultimately when Christ comes, the old world will pass away and the new world, the kingdom of God that was created at the creation of the world will replace our reality. Oz, Narnia, will become the new reality. That alternate world will become our only reality. And oh, what a world. Oh, what a world it'll be. Does this help us understand the Lord's Prayer? Say it with me. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. So the question is, where we stand understanding now this altered picture of reality. Are, are you oblivious to the reality of an alternate kingdom? So caught up with this reality and this world? Or are you excited about the prospect of drilling into and mining the most wonderful depths of his riches in the kingdom of God? Or perhaps you are straddling two realities. You, you, you know of the alternate reality of the kingdom of God, but you struggle you're, you're losing focus. You're constantly struggling. You're, 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 you're seemingly bound by this world. We are in it, in this world, but we are not of it. Because as those who have accepted his citizenship, have accepted that his death and resurrection was to pay the penalty for our sin, and we've accepted that redemption, we've accepted that salvation, we are no longer citizens of this world. We are children of the king. We are children in the kingdom of God. Got to find out where you are. The truth is, it's so hard to convince some people of this alternate reality. 
You've been given a gift. You've been given a gift of faith. What are you doing with it? Jesus said, seek first his kingdom, God's kingdom. Seek that above everything. And he was talking about life and death stuff, like food. <laughs> Clothing. He said, seek his kingdom first. That is the top priority for you. If you seek his kingdom first, That is what God has called you for. This is this kingdom that was created for us at the creation. When I think about it, how long did it take for God to create what we now live in as reality? A week. God's been preparing this place for how long? Don't get into eschatology. But how long has God been preparing a place for you? Can you imagine how wonderful this is going to be? <laughs> Next week, because we're talking about the words of Jesus, red letter Jesus, we're going to talk a lot about the kingdom. Next week, we're going to talk about who can join the kingdom. How do you get to be a part of that kingdom of God? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Dear Jesus, thank you for coming, piercing into our world, bringing with you the reality of the kingdom of God. Help us, Lord Jesus, to seek after it with all of our heart. That it would be our passion to know more about your, you and your kingdom. And that we would not get overwhelmed by the awfulness of what we see around us so often. But know that there is a creation that is so much more wonderful. That we can even experience now. Only in part. But when you return more fully. You've done everything done everything for us. We were on your heart at creation. It just is a thought that is incredible to us. And all we can say is thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.